When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Guys, the uh, Jerry Jones said that the Cowboys currently have more questions on offense than defense. And, the, the, and, and he said, and this is the quote, I really would say that Possibly the teams that I can remember would be our Super Bowl teams, which says everything, where they had more questions on offense than defense. First of all, Key, is that true? Do the Cowboys have more questions on offense than defense? Yeah, because they're, uh, we don't know about their offensive line. Their offensive line is makeshift. We don't know about CeeDee Lamb at the receiver position. Kenny, Kenny Gallup is coming back off injury. Dalton Schultz right now is trying to get his contract situation resolved. We don't know if the running game, Ezekiel Elliott, is solid and sound. We do know about Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Diggs at the DB spot. So I, I like their defense more so than I do their offense. Could you, you know, make the case, though, that their defense – I mean, last year Diggs started to get targeted, right? He got caught a lot of times with his hand in the cookie jar. He's like a boom or bust type of dude, like either a great play or a big me- – me- you know, it's not like just like when Key says steady and solid and sound – He's like boom or bust, it seems to me. And, and I get that their defense has definitely gotten better from where it was before, which was atrocious before. But, like, I still want to see more consistency out of their defense. I don't know, Key. Like, I know the Eagles are there, and I know there's still questions around the O-line and, and, and some issues with Dak and people questioning whether he can get back. It does feel to me, though, like the way the Eagles are being propped up like the way we're talking about other teams in the NFC, that the, the, the similar pressure that is typically on the Cowboys that we, we start to salivate over is not the case this year. It makes me nervous. Which kind of makes me wonder, me, is this going to be nervous. the year where that kind of exceeds expectations? Ezekiel and Tony Pollard punish people at the line. We've heard you say and mention, hey, they're going to get back to run-first type of defense. They get their wide receiver cores back intact. I don't know, man. This might be the year for the Cowboys. Listen, every year at ESPN, we all seen it at this network, the worldwide leader. There are a handful of our analysts who come out and say, Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And every year I'm laughing and laughing. This year, Key, it makes me a little nervous because Jay's right. No one at the network is coming out and saying the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. But then you have Keyshawn Johnson saying, actually, I'm looking at their defense. I don't have questions about the defense like I have on the offense. It's like the kind of team that could somehow fly under the radar and actually challenge. That makes me nervous as a Giants fan. They are one of six teams, I think, if I'm counting, counting correct. In the NFC that you say, okay, they, they, you know, you got the Rams, you got the, you got the Rams and Niners, the Cardinals, you got New Orleans, Tampa Bay, the Cowboys in Philadelphia. That's kind of what you're looking at, right? I mean, at the start of the season. Um, San Francisco? I said San Fran. Oh, you did? Okay. 
So you got those teams kind of in the mix in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Who's coming out of that, though, right? That's that's what you got. Is it Philadelphia? Is it uh, the Cowboys? All of a sudden, is Carson Wentz going to emerge and be the Carson Wentz of old and the, the commanders are going to be commanding away? Like, that's the way that you have to look at it. Or, or all of a sudden, you're going to get an emergence from the Giants out of nowhere. <laughs> The team that nobody's talking about that, yeah. you know, is are they going to have a magic carpet ride like the Philadelphia Eagles did last year where it was like, ah, oh, well, Jalen Hurt. And then it was like, oh, well, oh, God, oh, wait, oh, they won again, they won again, and they won again. Oh, they're in the playoffs. They play the Bucks week one. You know, is that what you're going to see? It is a good you just feeling. Don't as know. A, as a Giants fan, Jay, I'm sure you have this feeling too. I know you're a Giants fan. For the first time in a long time, I feel like the GM knows more than I do. That's a good feeling because with Gettleman, I felt like, hold on, no, wait, he can't be serious. There's no way I know more than the Giants GM. But actually, in retrospect, yeah, I think any one of us would have done a better job with the Giants. But now I like, like now if they make a move, I'm like, okay, they have their reasons. I mean, look, I trust in Joe Shane. I trust in Brian Dable. And I am optimistic, and I hope that Daniel Jones, you know, raises the level of style of play that he's had. I hope he takes care of the ball. I hope Saquon Barkley has a full year in which he's healthy. I hope this O-line actually comes to fruition. But me being reasonable, I'm like, okay, even if that doesn't happen, I feel like I trust in the foundation that we're yeah. building, Max, right? But I, I, I still don't think the, the Giants are there. I don't I think agree. they're on the same what, level what, um, as the Eagles key. The Eagles with the addition of A.J. Brown. You look at what they're doing. I just I think the Eagles are way better positioned to win the division. Hertz this has year already had the, the kind of progress key that you talk about. Daniel Jones hasn't had that yet. Yeah. What What year is this for Daniel? Four. Uh, four. This is at least four. This four. is uh, how many? Yeah. This is be his f- fourth or fifth season. Hold on a second. Fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah, this season. is fourth, fourth year. It's a wrap. Season, yeah. I hate to break yeah. it to you. It's a wrap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's over with, right, Max? Yeah. If If you don't know by now, then if means, you don't know, you don't know four it, four year, yeah. that's over. It's a wrap because. Yeah. You usually extend your quarterback in four years. It's going to a or you team. move on from him. Yeah, and they didn't. You never let him get to five. No. That's just the the way it is. That's why I'm like, ah, yes, yeah, a wrap. Because I was thinking in my head, I was trying to go back. I'm like, okay, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, okay, Baker Mayfield. It was the Kyler Murray draft, right? Because Kyler went first, and Daniel Jones went sixth. No, I'm not even talking about when they win. I'm just thinking about how you address the quarterback issues. So when you think about Kyler Murray, four years done, Josh Allen done, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson will be done, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is done. When you start to say Baker Mayfield wasn't done, they moved on from him and grabbed Deshaun. Okay, it's, uh, Sam Donald got shipped off. So you start looking at it, you go, four years, okay, four years in, they're going to make a decision on him. Boom. What about Mr. Key, Bisky, I, I, cut, out, see you later. No doubt, no doubt. Like, I'm, I'm with you. But what about the fact that he really had, like, they just drafted Evan Neal, they just brought a new regime in that seems to know what they're doing. And, and you know, like they're going to give him – like I understand but why he would ex- have to go – he would have to go from zero to 95 uh-huh. for him to be the quarterback of the Giants the next five years. Right. He'd this have to year. Have a, he'd have to have a – He'd need to go zero yeah. to 95 He'd have to have a great season. Year. Oh, great my season. God, yes. Right. Oh, my God, yes. So the class of the division – I think mo- a lot of people feel it's the Eagles. I-, I think I agree with that mainly because they have 
the you would expect them to be the best team on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So to me, it starts up front. They have a quarterback who checks a lot of boxes. They have receivers. They have a lot. And even though the Dallas quarterback at this point seems to be better, that's the only area where I'm like, man, the Cowboys have a real advantage there. And we'll see if Jalen Hurts can't close the gap. So it's the Eagles, to me, won the Cowboys, two, And then the Giants and the Commanders fighting over the you scraps. You they have the advantage, uh, the advantage in the running game? The Cowboys? Yep. I mean, I well, like only, Sanders. See, I like see, Miles but Sanders they, a ton, but like injuries, things of that sort. Like, uh, same with Zeke Uella and Tony Potter, but I feel like, I don't know, a dual back is different. But, but the Eagles have a quarterback who presents problems running. Agreed. You know, and that to me is – Another dimension that the, the Cowboys Eagles are strong yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. They can run yeah. the ball with with uh, Miles Simon. They they got AJ yeah. Brown now, who's best friends with Jalen Hurts. They're delivering footballs left and right to each Devontae other. Smith. Devontae Smith is a young pup. If Jalen Rigger can get going, that's another thing. They got the tight end. Then defensively, they've upgraded at that spot. I think the head coach now, all of a sudden, people are warming up to him. I think they caught the Cowboys. I don't think they passed them. Just because I still believe Dak is the best quarterback in the division, and let me see a few games during the season, and then I can really put a finger on it and say, okay, the Eagles are a better team than the Cowboys. I actually uh, started making reservations yesterday for the New Orleans Saints January 1 versus the Philadelphia Eagles, Pat. Mm. It's going to be interesting. I'll tell you who I think the best player in the conference is, though, and I think he's on the Cowboys, is Parsons. I think this is he already is a rookie. He did that. Now he's going into year two. You mean best player in the division? No, I mean division. Sorry, I said conference. Yeah, because conference. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, about to say. So I'll calm you down. know, it's a dude wow. that's yeah. down the Aaron, street from me. Aaron Donald. That's really yeah, good. <laughs> as soon as I said that, my tongue lit on fire. Yeah, he's really. Yeah, that's blasphemy. Really good. Uh, I will say this. No, no. In the division, I think Parsons is the guy. You know, a defensive player wears the the title for has a crown for a while. Aaron Donald's been the undisputed champ for a long time now. To me, the next champ on defense, I, to me, I think it's going to be Parsons if he can keep this up, and he is on the Cowboys. All right. Speaking of the Cowboys, Keyshawn How J. about them Cowboys? Keyshawn, Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-729-3776. 888-SAY. ESPN, where are the Cowboys in the NFC East? Now, time for another Camp Confidential on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the Dallas Cowboys. And we are joined now by Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. What's going on, Todd? Good morning. Hey, fellas. How's things? Good, man. What's up, man? Good, good. So, hey, how we doing? Good. Um, when are you guys taking off? When are you? I know you're going to Denver, but when does camp close up? Uh, yeah, they, they fly to Denver today, practice against the Broncos tomorrow, come back after the game on Saturday, two light workouts, and then they go practice against the Chargers next week down in Irvine, uh, the 18th and 19th, and then they're back in Texas. Oh, Okay. So I'm going to probably wind up missing you guys then. Um, oh, well. <laughs> Next Todd. Todd it, it. Sorry, Jamie Foxx was there yesterday. Everybody's day was made. <laughs> How's Dak looking, Todd? 
He's looking good. He's looking better than he did last summer, and, that, and that's probably not breaking news because he's a year off the, the ankle injury. But he's moving around much better. He, he's leaner. I'm not saying he's going to run more or they're going to call more runs, but I think he'll be able to escape trouble more than he was last year because of that leg. And, and the way the defense is, is pressuring him, he's having a whole lot of practice of getting away from, from guys. But he's been accurate. He's been the, the, the most impressive thing or the most important thing maybe for, for Dak is elevating the receivers because we know what the Cowboys don't have there this year. It's CeeDee Lamb and just a bunch of guys. And he's doing his best to elevate third-round pick Jalen Tol- uh, Tolbert, making Noah Brown a res- better receiver than he's been his first five years. So I think you've seen Dak try to take a next step as a, as a teacher um, w- with these young receivers so far in camp. Todd, offenses tend to struggle in training camp, and you've seen it over the years at the beginning of training camp because they have more to learn than the defensive side of the ball. With that being said, owner Jerry Jones commented on how uh, there are more question marks on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys than the defense, and this is the first time since the Super Bowl teams that the teams that won Super Bowls under his regime with Jimmy in, in Switzer. What does that say about the offense and where it's at right now? And are they a little nervous? Well, Jerry will never admit to any nervousness, right? You know him. Uh, they like their receivers, even though the only guy to the only guys that catch a pass from Dak are C.D. Lamb and Noah Brown, and C.D.'s the only guy with a touchdown catch from Dak. So they're relying on a lot of young guys and a lot of maybe a, a committee approach behind CD or doing it differently with their tight ends and backs. So the last time they did that was 2018. Dak struggled to throw for more than 200 yards in a game for, until they traded for Amari Cooper. So the Cowboys might not say they're nervous, but until you see the production from the receiver group in real life, I don't know how you can't be nervous. And then the offensive line, you know, we, we've built this lineup to be one of the best in the NFL, and I think we largely do that because – Zach Martin's one of the top two best guards in football, and Tyron Smith is when he when he's healthy is one of the top two best left tackles. There's questions at the other spots, at left guard, at center, at right tackle. That I think this defense has really given them fits up front. Maybe that'll end up being a good thing, but there's definitely more questions about this this offense right now. And really, the the identity since I've been covering the team since '03, largely the identity of this team has been. It's offense throughout the years. When you when you go back to when Keyshawn was a, was a receiver and Julius Jones was a running back, and uh, from the Romo years, and then obviously through the the, the Dez and Dak and Zeke and Tio and all that stuff. But now I think this, the identity of this team might be its defense and Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence. This looks like a unit that's about to improve on what it did even a year ago. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Todd. Uh, as it relates to Mike McCarthy, you know, we, we love this word pressure. And I'm not going to go with pressure, but I'm curious about mannerisms or habits. Have you seen anything that has changed from Mike McCarthy's approach to this season than other seasons in the past? Uh, no. This is the third training camp he's had, and it's really it's the first really normal training camp that he's had when you think about the, the pandemic and, and, and things that were going on last year with COVID testing and players need to be separated and, and social distancing thing. Uh, so this is his first normal camp with the Cowboys, but I've not noticed anything that has him looking 
more on edge or he's doing things out of his character to uh, draw attention to the fact that he might be under pressure. And we can talk about Sean Payton's shadow looming over this team or who the next coach is going to be. Jerry going out of his way to make sure Dan Quinn was taken care of, Kellen Moore was taken care of, that he's already looking down the road. But McCarthy is not showing any glimpses that that it's bothering him. Um, And I I think you see a guy who's comfortable in his skin at 58 years old that is comfortable with what he's done as a head coach in this league that he believes he's the right coach for this team. But the second they lose a game, everybody's going to bring up, well, when is Sean Payton? What would Sean Payton have done? What would Dan Quinn have done? What's Jerry going to do? And, and this is going to be a, a week-to-week soap opera for, for Mike McCarthy based on the week-to-week way this league works. Let me ask you this, though, Todd. You, you've been around the Cowboys and Too long. Jerry and all that sort of stuff. Is the Sean Payton thing a real thing, or is it more of a people trying to connect the dots based on familiarity with the organization? But remember – he was under Bill Parcells, who is obviously one of his major mentors who had issues with Jerry in the end. Is this a real thing? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's a connecting of the dots. I, I, I personally don't believe Sean Payton will be this team's next head coach. I, I think that ship has sailed. I think it was something that three, four, five years ago, was a real possibility, and there were discussions about it happening. Um, but I, there was really nothing involved this offseason when Sean stepped away from the Saints. And I think it is. They know Jerry has a tight relationship with Sean. And the, the, the funny moment that they had at the Combine where, where they Sean stole Jerry's big bottle of Camus and all that stuff after they won, won the championship. Um, so I think it's a lot of people trying to put two and two together and say, ah, this is going to be it. Now, just because it, I don't believe it's going to happen doesn't mean it won't be a shadow over this team during the course of the season and Mike McCarthy as it's going. But I, I think it's mostly – look, if Sean, if Sean wants full control of the Cowboys, which is what people have said he wants, well, Keyshawn, you know, even Bill didn't have that here. Now, the head coach has a lot of say, but Bill didn't want T.O. and T.O. came in. So there are things that Jerry – that that people will always know that Jerry has the final say on this thing. I don't think Sean Payton will be this team's coach. Yeah, that, that's why that's why I asked that because the noise, right? But I also know that when you are or have a relationship with Bill Parcells and you were there and watched how it went down with a guy that all has always had full control, then you get an owner that kind of didn't want to step out of the way and the relationship soured, it's just hard for me to believe that Sean would put himself in that position. And I know how much Sean values Bill's opinion. Meantime. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, but it's still going to be over there from all of us talking about it, whether it's real or not. Meantime, we talked a lot about and, and have, there's been a lot of talk about can CD lamb step up and be that wide receiver one with the absence of Amari Cooper, especially, by the way, with what happened to the receiver market, a fifth-round pick on a on a legit number one who wins his matchup usually and, and only makes 20, what happened to the receiver market, that looks like a bad trade in retrospect. However, there's a guy out there who is an, uh, an absolute number one to me when he's healthy, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. How likely is it that they go after him 
do you think Todd Archer? I've asked around. Uh, I've not gotten favorable reviews, and that, and I've gotten a couple of uh, "come on, really" type of re- reactions. Because here, here's the deal: they already got one receiver coming back from a torn ACL, Michael Gallup. Uh, Odell did his did his ACL in the Super Bowl. When is he going to be able to play? November. Yeah, that's so by true. Then, the Cowboys he, usually are done by then. Not 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 November. That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. He won't be effective till January. Well, we won't be playing that anyway. It doesn't it's help usually, us. Right there, you go. So so no, I I don't see Odell being part of this team's process going forward. Simply because they, if they need wide receiver help, they're going to need it before he's going to be able to play. So now trade market, see what happens in the preseason. I don't think there's a guy in the street because they would have already got signed a. Emmanuel Sanders or T.Y. Hilton, they would have done that already if that was going to be something they would do. I, I think maybe if things don't go well for them in the preseason, that they look at the trade market and see what's what's available there. But they're absolutely banking on C.D. Uh, being the number one receiver. And here's how important C.D. is to the Cowboys. The dude's 24 years old, doesn't really have any injury history. They've given him two days off out here in Oxnard because they're bubble wrapping him. They, they don't want to have him have anything wrong with him going into the regular season. Todd, do you think now, that in retrospect, they look back at it and they say, damn, why did we move Amari? Why did we do that? Do you think that they overthought the finances of it, the couple drop balls, maybe a, a miscue here or there? you think they overthought that? They don't think they did the made the wrong move, and there was a time element as to why they could only get what they got back in the fifth round pick because his salary was fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the league year. So that played a part on what they could get in return. Uh, but I, I think with how Amari's temperament and how he is, um, his ability screams number one wide receiver in, in, the, in his route running and the playmaking. But his demeanor does not, and I think the Cowboys said this is not worth twenty million dollars because he's not Michael Irvin, he's not Keyshawn Johnson. He doesn't he doesn't have that that dog in him, so to speak, uh, at receiver demanding the ball, wanting the ball in the tight situations. And they just felt instead of paying twenty million dollars when you have a forty million dollar quarterback, it was better served to go elsewhere. We'll see well, in the damn, end who's right on man. this. Thing. Why didn't they what? give me 20 when I played? <laughs> because the salary cap and the TV money wasn't as big as when you were playing. The whole budget for a whole the team back then. Quarterbacks didn't make 20 million years back, 20 million a year back then. He played back so, in the leather helmet days. What are you talking about? There's no 20 million. I don't think I don't think any quarterback on any team I've ever played on made more money than me, but I ain't going to brag. I'm going to leave well, it alone. Well, Keith, are you happy about that or in retrospect, <laughs> do you wish that you would have had a quarterback paid more than you? <laughs> that, that might say something about the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. With, exactly. All right, Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. Thank you as always, Todd. You got it. Thank you, guys. So how big of an impact will somehow flying under the radar? So much of it is luck, man, when you, when you draft and build a team. Mekhi Becton was excellent at left tackle. Okay, he got hurt. They're going to move him to right tackle. That's it. He's done now. How big of an impact is that going to have on the Jets? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? 
You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Stay. Next pitch, Shohei drives the ball deep out into right field, and this one is out of here. He jumped on that pitch. Otani's second hit of the night. A home run for uh, Shohei, adding to his season total, number 25. Yes, Shohei Otani. I never thought I'd live to see it. Six scoreless innings in a 5-1 Angels win over the A's on Tuesday. He picks up his the win last night, so this is what I didn't... That's his 10th win of the season as a starting pitcher who, by the way, throws 100 miles an hour. So he joins Babe Ruth as the only players in Major League history with at least 10 home runs and 10 wins in a season. But Otani ain't got 10 home runs. He got 25. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said Tuesday the league seeks tougher penalty for Deshaun Watson because the quarterback's actions were, quote, egregious and, quote, predatory behavior. Last week, the NFL formally appealed Watson's six-game suspension, which was handed down by the NFL's disciplinary officer, Sue L. Robinson, earlier this month. Brown's wide receiver and kick returner, Jakeem Grant Sr., suffered what the team fears is a torn Achilles, a league source told ESPN. Grant had to be carted off the field during Tuesday's practice. The Browns signed the former Bears Pro Bowl return man to a three-year deal this offseason. SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. One of the all-time beats right there for one of the all-time show GMs. This is our very own personal front office insider. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN's very own. What's up, Mike? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I, so much. As a GM, I just have to ask you off the top. Jets GM, last week, you went to the AFC Championship game. So you do the right things. You draft a big defensive li- offensive lineman. He's really good pass protecting on the left side, gets hurt. You, like, you shuffle some things around. He's kind of more of a prototypical right tackle. Put him over on the right side, but you drafted Vera Tucker, another versatile guy. It kind of reminds me of the way the Giants had a David Deal, and they just slid him over to left tackle. He's a, le- he's a guard, but he can play tackle if you need him to. You have, you're doing the right things. You're going to protect your young guy. Now Makai Becton, again, hurt. Like, what does this do to the franchise, Mike? Well, it can be consequential. I would think that they had to expect that playing in 17 games would be sort of like 
best case scenario. And look, they have a couple guys, uh, Chuma Odoga, Connor McDermott, but they you have Dwayne Brown sitting out there. That's probably the best thing they can do, guys. Um, I think it's impactful because they need everything to work up front to give Zach Wilson the best chance to be successful. Mike, they got Connor McDermott. <laughs> Key, I'm not saying it's good enough. No, no, no. I'm I, I'm saying, when did they acquire him? When did I? I missed this. I didn't yeah. realize that he was. I didn't realize he was. He was no longer on the Raiders. Well, and 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 my point is, I don't think the, the, who they have on the roster, whoever they may put out there. You know, as Max said, um, you know, you see guys slide out from time to time. I think they'll keep Tomlinson and Vera Tucker at guards. Tomlinson, I thought was a big pickup in the offseason. but like Beckton, having Beckton on that line too, you start to look at the Jets' offensive line. Go, wow, that's going to be a real strength. And then you all of a sudden you're missing a giant, literally a giant piece. Yeah. But what was he going to really be, though, right? I mean, we haven't seen enough of him to really gauge it. He's big. He's huge. And, you know, he, he, on the right side, he had success on the left side. Yeah, but I mean, in a short period of time, we only seen a handful of games. I need to see more to really make that determination, whether it was because of injury or out of shape or whatever the case may be. What was he really going to be? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And speaking of huge, Conor McDermott is 6'8 himself. I'm just saying, like, I don't think you could go out there and say, hey, we're going to play winning football with Conor McDermott for 17 games. That's why I think you need to do something. You mentioned Dwayne Brown. He's still a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, they had him in the other day. He was at MetLife Saturday night, uh, just had a green and white scrimmage. He was there on a free agent visit. And I think the uh, concern, guys, would be, and this is what happened with the Jets a couple years ago with Ryan Khalil, where you sign a guy, no offseason program, and – Dwayne Brown's been a great player, but he is going to be 37, and that would be a concern what kind of shape he's in. Eyeball test. And, Key, I don't know if you're paying attention to Dwayne Brown. Mike, I imagine you are. Uh, to me, boy, that's a damn good player, right? Is, is it name brand now, not really the same, or is, can, he's, can he still play? Well, that's the big question, Key, right, is whether or not he could be at the same level that he once was. And if he was at the same level as he once was, he probably wouldn't be making training camp visits. But I wonder, when you're falling from those heights, you might still be useful on your way down. The question is, how far on the way down? So, all right. Um, Roquan Smith, Mike, requests a trade. He is a very good player, but not at a premium position. And for a team that's nowhere near ready to really compete, um, what, could you think they, what do you think they could get for Roquan Smith in a trade? Maybe a second, probably a third-round pick. He's a really good player. I don't know if he's Darius Leonard or Fred Warner, like two guys that I think are great players. And he doesn't impact the game because he's not an elite pass rusher. He's a really good football player. And I think they're in a tough spot because you want to keep guys that are – he's a core football player, but you don't want to overpay because he's – you want to – for receivers that score, you want it for pass rushers, left tackle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That, they're in a tough spot. You know, they're in year one. You don't want to have this to be so what noisy. What would you do? Guy requests a trade because yeah. he wants to be, in your view, overpaid. What do you do? Yeah, you try to work it out, see if you can keep him. But if not, you try to come up with a win-win, say, okay, see what you can get out on the open market. If someone can pay you what you want contractually, we'll, we'll be reasonable on, on the trade compensation. Hmm. Yeah, see? Mike knows with experience. Um, <laughs> By the way, you get a second-round pick. That really helps you. Or two first-rounders. Well, no, yeah, he's talk, I'm talking about me. I'm messing with Mike. But when you, when you look at this, though, Mike, right? You know, having been a general manager in the building, you know that this is coming up. Whether you've heard it 
in December or you heard it in February or heard it in April, you know if we don't address this, we're going to get to August and we might have a problem on our hands because players throw little nuggets out there, right? They they might walk past the general manager and say, man, I hope y'all ready to pay me. How do you not address it before it gets to this point? Okay, that's a great I think that's a really important point you're making, which is from a front office perspective, guys, to the extent you can, you want the hay in the barn, you want, to the extent you can, 90 players under contract, as reasonably happy as possible, so when you hit the field in late July and early August, you're not dealing with this. And remember, guys, you have a young quarterback that's trying to find his way. You have a rookie head coach who's trying to find his way. You're in a major media market. The last thing you want to be doing is, like, justifying – what you're doing with Roquan Smith, who's a really good player and really well-respected. So if you're going to have these bumps in the road, you want them quiet and you want them in the offseason key. I think that's a really important point because now if you're Matt Eberflus or even, you know, the last Justin Fields, you know, when you're the quarterback, you're going to get all – hey, do you think you're treat, you're being your teammates being treated fairly? You don't want to put Justin Fields in that situation. Because players walk around all day long, Max, mm-hmm. and they, we throw hints. We mm-hmm. might pass a coach up – and be like, man, y'all know y'all going to have to pay me at the end of the year. And the coach, he'll see the general manager say, you know, we might have a problem with that. That's just how it's mm-hmm. – those are the games that are played inside the upstairs and the downstairs of an NFL office. I'm promising you, I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Am I going to see you later today, Mike? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I may have hopefully. to corral Mike because he's here in person <laughs> if he's not already on this just in. In other words, Max schedule. is asking you to come on to this f- fantastic so, show, new yeah. show, just, just in. Key, you can't call it a new show three. anymore. It's been on for a year, but it's still okay, a yeah. you know, Key, Key, I'm going to try to make a, a trade. I'm going to try to make a trade right here right now. I'm actually hosting the Michael K Show 3 to 7 ESPN New York Radio. Maybe we could make a trade here, a little reciprocity. You come I, I think that could, we could work something out here. I think we have the makings of a deal. Mm, Keyshawn J. Will and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks, Mike. Thank how, you. how much of an impact does Kyrie Irving have on the recent, has he had, on the recent KD drama? That's after this from Omega. Is your small or medium-sized business still recovering from the pandemic? Omega Accounting Solutions can help. I'm going to share how Omega can get you $26,000 cash back for each employee you kept working during the pandemic with the employee retention credit. This is money you already paid the government. Call Omega at 800-704-2000 to get started or visit omegataxcredits.com and fill out the form for a free consultation. Keyshawn, J. Will. And Max. A special shout out to one of the great athletes to ever come out of Los Angeles, LA's own native son, Mr. Keyshawn Johnson. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... 
Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Media. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Hard for dads to make plans for the kids, Key. Hard for dads. They get overruled by the moms. Anyway. See, hard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're talking. This is uh, extra content. I know. I'm waiting for you so to finish. So this is, this is what it is. So, so my daughter had a play date with this kid she likes to play with in, uh, you know, out east. They, they, they rent a place not far from, uh, from where we have a, a place out there and uh, out on the island. And uh, so they're having a good time and everything, and the dads are there. It's me and the, the kid's father. And we're saying, hey, this is great. Da, da, da. Okay, so we're like, oh, we should do this again to, because the kid's like, oh, I want to play again tomorrow. Okay, so we set up a play date for the next day, right? Next day comes around, kids' grandparents are in town. They had plans with them. And, of course, the father didn't know. What do we know, right? And so, all right, we'll do it the next day. Next day, my daughter's like, yeah, when are, when are we going to have the play date? All right, let me, uh, let me text. Let me find out. He's like, oh, you know what? The moms got together and uh, moved the play date from today to tomorrow. See what I mean? Like the fathers have no, we don't know everyone's schedule. We don't know, what are we doing? We're just like, oh, they like to play together. Let's do it again tomorrow. No, now I'm in trouble with the youngest because for two days in a row, I promised her the play date and didn't deliver. Yeah, see, the play date setup game for me, that's not my deal. Mm I don't mess with the the play dates. I do the drop-off and the pickup. Right. And that's pretty much... It. We're unskilled labor. We just no, have to be can, the mule taking them from it, here to there. But I'm, I don't really like talking to the dads, though. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know how I am, Max. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, because, I'm hey, kinda, uh, well, you know, they want to ask you about. Uh, oh, Rogers I don't want to talk yeah. about Sandy Koufax. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, you know, I like to drop off and pick up. No problem. I'll drop them off. I'll pick them up. Right, but the actual making, well, this is my, my, it's my own fault for trying to play the hero. You know, you want to play and, the hero. And on is. top of that, and on top of that, you are in a unique situation where you have to be the guy to communicate in your situation. I, on the other hand, you know, I don't, I'm like, I don't communicate. I'm just a mute when it comes to stuff like that. I let my kids make the plans and then I'll follow up. Yeah, I find again that, that the best kind of stuff the dad can do is the unskilled labor stuff you need me to carry something you need me to drop someone off pick someone up like you said you need yeah. me to throw the you in the pool pickup game is strong yes i got strong, a strong drop strong off, drop pickup, off game. pickup pickup oh. game no question also strong hey we're in the pool i can take the kid and throw him they yes. want to get thrown 10 feet right, here you go throw but like that doesn't require planning and skill that just requires no. Force. That's easy. Stopping at the stopping at the local ice cream place yes. and doing that and donuts and everything. I'm the strong pickup and drop off. Yep, guy. yep, I'm with you.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Why does he feel this way? That's the question that no one seems to have a great answer for. Because again, Kevin Durant was publicly defending Steve Nash in April as the season ended, and now here we are. I think it's Kyrie Irving's fault. This is what happens when when you and your friend are in school, <laughs> and yeah, let's be partners, let's do this, and then you find out your friend doesn't like to do the work. Gijon J. Will Max, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. So Jay, how much so of Max. an impact does Kyrie, do you think, have on this KD drama where at first it was like, and remember, we had, we had um, uh, Bobby Marks on, and I was like, listen, if you're the GM, what do you do here? Well, you try to negotiate with Kyrie. Even, oh, what do you think KD is going to do? You think he's going to go to bat for him? Yes, I do. Would you cave if he did? Yes, I would. So why are you messing with Kyrie's money knowing you're going to wind up with a KD problem? Then for a while, it looked like maybe KD didn't really want Kyrie there. Right. And now it looks like to me, well, no, maybe Kyrie still is calling the shots because now KD wants to remove the layer that stopped Kyrie from getting the, the max contract. What the hell is going on? Look, I, I, I don't think I don't think Kevin Durant really wants to leave Brooklyn. I think he wants to play with Kyrie. I think he wants to be there. I think there were decisions made that maybe. He had co-signed because he didn't really give a lot of in-depth thought to. And now I think he feels like those decisions are hindering this team from where he wants to be. And he wants to move those to a side. Key and I were talking about this yesterday, and we had a debate on first take. My, my whole point was, if I were Joe Sy, look, there were questions around Steve Nash being the right guy for this job to begin with. No head coaching experience, right? Zero. And all of a sudden, for a team with expectations, with two of the top players in the league, on to win a world championship. Now, you can make the case that this team has not been fully healthy 
and been there. And, and by the way, if James Harden is hurt, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, last year they probably win the playoffs. And I mean, Milwaukee gets to win a, a world championship. They probably end up beating Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen that way. So at the end of the day, I'm Joe Sizer. There might be wiggle room on Steve Nash. There wouldn't be wiggle room on me. Why on is KD even Sean. making that demand, though? You see what I'm saying? If it's not at Kyrie's behalf, on Kyrie's behalf, because Kyrie is the one who didn't get the max contract extension, and everyone knew Kyrie's juice in this situation comes from KD. And sure enough, KD went to bat for him, it seems to me. It seems to me that's a Kyrie thing. Like, you didn't pay my dude. And now, you guess what? I want you gone. Like, that, am I reading it wrong? It seems to me to be a pretty straightforward reading of it. Let me ask you a question, Key. If, if you were Josiah, you're the owner, and your player has said that, and your other star player, even though his agent denied he says that, there are rumors out there that say he feels the same way about the head coach and GM. If you know you could have the next four years with Katie and Kyrie, if you're able to sign Kyrie after that, if you're willing to make that bet, hedge that bet, would you remove Sean Marks and Steve Nash? Do you believe that no. Steve Nash is going to be the next Steve Kerr? No, I'm not removing either um, because I'm not going to allow a superstar basketball player to dictate to me what I need to do to my front office when, in fact, he signed off on the Steve Nash hire to begin with. And he's going to have to sign off again on the next head coach and general manager to appease him. I have to do all of that. I'm going to move him because this is the second time that he's come to us and said he wanted to be traded. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trade him because I'm not going to set a precedent for the rest of my uh, compadres in the ownership group that every time a star superstar athlete doesn't like the situation. He wants the general manager and the head coach fired. You know I'm not what, Key? Do it. I'm with you, but for a different reason. I'd be okay setting the precedent if it was a player of KD's caliber. However, not for no, no, KD. We're not, but, see, but see, Coach, we're not talking about just Steve Nash. We're talking about the general manager. No, no, I got too. it. No, I hear what you're saying. I'm saying if it, was, if it was a player of KD's caliber normally and I was forced to make that choice, I would do it, even if it's a terrible precedent. Here's the problem. I'm not doing it for KD because it seems to me he could change his mind tomorrow. He seems, to, he seems to think and rethink things and come to different conclusions that could have an enormous impact on an organization – and so if I can't get what I think is good compensation for him, not only am I telling him no, I'm not going to trade him either. And I, can, uh-huh. and, and I will make him play the contract. And if he wants to tank the pro, the, whatever is left of the prime years of See, his Max, career, go ahead. That's, that, that was my point yeah, yesterday. Yeah, but, but you can't. You guys are thinking unrealistically like no player is walking into a situation that he doesn't want to be in I don't give a damn what you think about him as a player. Oh, he's a gym rat. He's a, his mind is checked out. I get it. No, but key, what I'm that, saying key, is, but what I'm saying also is that Kevin Durant, like Ben Simmons, is what 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So Ben Simmons sitting out a year. Okay, what 26? KD, KD is turning 34. So you know what? If we want to really play this game, like See, if I were Joe Sy, hold on, key, let me finish. If I were Joe Sy, I would say, you know what? That's cool. 
Like, maybe it is next year that I finally get the right trade compensation for you. If you want to not play for a full year. Or two. Or two until I feel like I get the right compensation. If you don't want to come back until you're 36 years old and you waste two years on the back end of your career, then let's play that game of chicken. Yeah. You're not going to get the right compensation because I'm a year older. Okay, I got more wear and tear on my body. So you're not not if you're not playing, Key. Not Not, if you're not not, playing. No, but you're not. So you, so you, you're gonna have me. You're just gonna burn a year on your team, then. Yes. What you're telling me is you're gonna burn a year on your team. That's really great. You're doing a. You're doing. Really great by the community and the fan base. But here's the thing, because Keith. You're gonna here's burn the here. But you here's won't look at me as the villain. You'll look at KD as the here's villain. Here's the classic no, dilemma. Spin it. There are nothing but bad mm-hmm. options here. So whatever you choose, there's going to be negative consequences. But I'm with Jay on this. In this case, if KD had comported himself differently till now, that would be one thing. But the idea that he signs off on Steve Nash, he likes it, he's back in Kyrie, and then all of a sudden he wants to be traded unless you get rid of the coach that he signed off on and everything. It's too much, man. I can't trust that, this, that he's going to be stable enough in his thinking that, that, okay, fine, we'll give you all this, and now things are going to be okay. He could change his mind again that, the next and day. That's, and that's true. That's why you have to move on from him because you can't get rid of the people in the front office. Because if you get rid of people in front office and he says, well, I want Jay Will as the coach, mm-hmm. then what you going to do? you going to hire Jay Will? And then nine months in, he's like, yes. man, yes, I don't like Jay me. Will. You like, what? You can't, you can't do that. I, well, I'm you with you. But, that, that. But, but also, if I'm not going to get good compensation for him, you're saying, well, you're just going to burn a year. I have a decent team even without KD. It's decent, right? And if he really wants to sit out the rest of the prime of his career, that's on him. I have him under contract, you, and he can keep, do that until we get the right package. I don't even think y'all he really keep, wants to y'all leave. Y'all keep using that prime game. of career stuff. That stuff don't matter to dudes that, that checked out, man. I hear you. And that, that, that might be just one of the – but there's no good consequence. There are only bad consequences here. you got to pick one. And I think we're all saying we would pick the same one, which is we're not going to give in to KD. And what Jay is saying should also be a glimmer of hope for Nets fans. Jay, you think he does want to be in Brooklyn. So that means you got to just get by this spot, these choppy waters, and keep him here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he so, too. He will not be playing for the Brooklyn Nets at All-Star break next year. All-Star break this, this upcoming year. season. This upcoming season? Yeah. This upcoming I disagree season. with you. Mm. Okay. There it is. I disagree with you. I'll run this back in about five months. Well, yesterday it was the end of the season. You said that on first take. I saw it on the record. Well, but now you're bumping the season, it up. Half, now you're All-Star bumping break, it up. Same thing. It's not the same thing. All-Star break it is, is because you got get you got to get rid of him at some point before the end of the season. I'm just why Key thinks Aaron Rodgers is right about preseason. That's coming up. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.